bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. This one is a very special episode as we are going to hear from the amazing Esther Dyson, community health advocate, author, investor, journalist and executive founder of Wellville, a 10-year evidence-generating project devoted to defining and testing models for cultivating community health that will return profits to investors and health to the participants and their communities. Esther spends her non-Wellville time investing in and nurturing startups with a recent focus on health and aerospace. On the health side, she is an investor in lots and lots of different firms, including 23andMe, 4D Health Clover, Conversation Health, Devoted Health, Eligible API, Ezra, Health Loop, Health Tap, ID2X, and a whole bunch more. Esther is a speaker at this week's Thrive Summit from Virgin Pulse in fabulous New Orleans with lively anecdotes from her career as a Forbes reporter, Wall Street analyst, best-selling author, tech industry luminary, cosmonaut in training, wow, that's pretty amazing, and health tech investor. Dyson will engage with the audience on how her current work applies to the health and welfare of workforces. Esther, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. So beyond my wee introduction there, for, the, for those that perhaps are not so familiar with you, if there are any people out there, please introduce yourself a bit more. Tell our listeners about your amazing career. Okay, well, very briefly, my parents are scientists, and that's made me an asker of questions, fundamentally. So I started out as a reporter for Forbes. I was on Wall Street. Then I ran a tech newsletter and conference for 25 years and sold it. After that, I became an angel investor, took six months off to train as a cosmonaut in Star City outside Russia. And when I came back, I was having a great life. I was an investor. I was starting to get interested in healthcare. I was on the board of 23andMe. But I started to ask this one fundamental question, which is, why are we spending so much money fixing people who get sick? instead of keeping them healthy in the first place. And by 2013, I knew that somebody had to start some kind of demonstration, like a health prize, to just address this question. And I was going to give a speech saying, somebody should do this, and realized that that was not a very good speech. And besides, I had decided to do it. I didn't realize it till it kind of hit me in the face and that was when i started wellville okay thank you very much so let's dive a bit deeper into that uh can you give us more around the why of wellville and the and the mission okay so wellville which was originally named hiccup and in essence it it comes from silicon valley in the sense that it's a startup that changes over time that's focused on a mission rather than selling a particular product. And it began as a five-year, five-community, five-metric kind of contest thing. That was in 2014. And it's now a 10-year long-term project with probably more nuanced metrics. Anyway, the basic idea is you don't either acquire or lose your health in the hospital. 
that happens a lot before that. It's where you grow up, the places you play, where you live, the schools you go to, whatever. So the place to make sh- the place to figure out how to keep people healthy is not within the healthcare system. It's ideally keeping them out of the healthcare system. It's going back to the communities where people started. So in a sense, as a demonstration project, we wanted to find real places, first of all, but small places so that the work we would do at Wellville could have an impact in the space of five or then 10 years that was visible and that ideally would affect thinking, would affect government policies around what the government pays for, would affect attitudes towards health. And when we started out in 2014, we didn't know all this. We've learned a ton in the first five years, and now we feel really ready for the second five years. Awesome. Thank you very much. So for those uh, leaders of industry, for those HR folk who are listening at the moment to this show, uh, why why do you think employers should invest in in the health of their employees? What what are some of the benefits to them? And how can can investing in health as an asset avoid costly remedial health care? The, the way Wellville works is not a nice white lady came from New York to tell people in these five small communities how to live, but more the five communities have been trying to become healthier. And we, Wellville, which is basically six people, we operate as coaches to community-driven efforts to keep people healthy. Sorry, I just needed to include that. Now let me answer. So the fundamental thing we've learned at Wellville is and this took a lot of exploration, that fundamentally so many of America's problems right now have to do with short-term thinking. It's the let me enjoy myself now, I'll pay for it later attitude. Let me get the votes now. Let me get the satisfaction now. We've become a world where if you don't ship something overnight, you're slow. If the pill doesn't fix your problem in a day or two, it shouldn't be taking so long. And we no longer focus on the future the way we used to. We don't invest. Instead, we spend or we rent. And so to some extent, what I'm going to be talking to the employers about is you need to start investing in your people, keeping them healthy, keeping them motivated, helping them find satisfaction in their work, helping them to think long-term and find purpose rather than simply renting them for a short period and then discarding them. We can't do that to our population anymore. I 100% agree. So how does investing in employees' health lead to happier, more engaged, more productive employees? And, and are you able to offer any stats around that too? So what that means in practical terms is you, know, you, can't, you can't create a happy world. You can't force people to be happy, but you can encourage them to think long-term. You can, instead of inviting them to eat Pop-Tarts or donuts, you can offer them healthy food, but make it easy for them to choose that, whether it's making the healthy food cheaper. You can't, you can't constrict what people do, but you can nudge them. You can encourage people to talk to their coworkers, even, even the way you organize an employee lounge or just sort of the standards, the, the culture you create within the company is either to make people happy to come to work 
or it's going to make them think, well, you know, I don't really like it, but I make the money. I got to keep coming. And these, these are things. So the people attending this summit, they don't run their companies. They can't unilaterally do this. What I want to do in part is help them talk to their management and explain to them the importance of investing in people. Because for most companies, the value is created by the workers along with some capital equipment. But if your people aren't happy, if they aren't engaged, if they turn over, those things are very expensive. If they're happy and productive and they take initiative, if they want to stay and get promoted rather than just take the money and run, that has a huge impact on a company's long-term success. So this notion of investing versus renting is really important, both for the HR people themselves and for them in talking to their management. So in terms of creating that company culture, is that a, is that a two-way conversation then? It's not just coming from top down. It, it needs to come the other way up as well. The, 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 the leaders of, of, of teams, they, they need to be able to clearly understand what motivates their employees, what ways that they can improve their health and the benefits then to productivity and then take that back to the senior leadership team? Or, or do you think it should start at the top and filter down? It has to be two-way, around and around and interactive. It's just like you have to listen as well as talk. After you've listened, you need to respond effectively. You need to you know, explain this is possible, this is not Here's our goal. How can we work together to achieve that? And we can't, in, in many cases, employees have a range of benefits they can take advantage of. Uh, ask the employees what's more valuable to them. Is, is child care more important than a gym? Uh, what about transportation? If you get to work and you're totally exhausted before you even walk in the door, it's going to be hard to be motivated. So, Find out what the employees see as their problems. See if you can figure out how to solve them. It might not be starting a bus system. Maybe it's just fostering carpooling or being slightly, you know, if the bus comes at 10 past 9, start at 9.30. If the bus comes at 10 past 6, start at 6.30. So that you just, you respond to the realities with specific approaches that make sense for your workforce, for your constraints, for your company, whatever. But there's a lot you can usually do in that direction without requiring huge amounts of money that have huge benefits. Okay, thank you. So uh, you are going to be speaking at the, the Thrive Summit this week. As we record this show right now, it's all about to get going in just a few hours and, and you're here on Thursday. Uh, why why are the, are the summit and Virgin Pulse a good fit for for your personal brand and, and for the pursuits that that you push? So for us at Wellville, our long term goal is to change the conversation, and we're working in five small communities. We're then going to go more broad, and honestly, this is an opportunity to go broad early and talk to a lot of people who have a lot of influence over the working lives of real people out in the world. And so I'm trying to spread this same message of let's keep people healthy rather than wait for them to get sick. And then, you know, it's like you 
change the oil in your car regularly to keep your car healthy. Why don't you do the equivalent thing for your body and your mind? And that requires change both from the institutions that surround people and nudges to help the people do it for themselves. We're being manipulated all the time by advertising, by seductive food and online binge watching, whatever. Let's give people the tools to manipulate themselves. And so that would be one of the key learning outcomes for, from your session at, at Thrive. Uh, can, you, can you delve into that a little bit more and, and other learning outcomes that you hope attendees will, will, will walk away with? Yeah, one thing, many of the things the Thrive platform offered, sorry, one of the many things the Thrive platform offers is exactly these tools for people to manipulate themselves to various online behavior modification tools, communication tools, that kind of thing. Uh, Those can be tremendously powerful because you're giving people power over themselves and self-awareness. Another, again, is just this notion of think of what you spend and what you put into these employee benefits as an investment, not as a cost, because there is a return in terms of people's productivity, their retention, their excitement about the job. Are they going to help recruit other people to your company? All these kinds of things depend on employees being happy. Yes, and that employee advocacy piece is huge in in terms of being able to espouse the virtues of, of a company. You've got to believe in the company in the first place, and that includes the uh, the wellness programs that are offered, the benefits that, that are offered. I, I guess that becomes a pretty powerful mes- message, right? If you, if you hear that through word of mouth or through one of your social media connections, you're really going to buy into the potential of working for that company, that, that particular brand, if you know that they're going to invest in you in the long term. Is that fair to say? Yes. You, you want to create an atmosphere of trust and feeling valued rather than one of cynicism. Again, it comes down to give people the power to manipulate themselves and they will love you for it. If you manipulate them, they'll feel manipulated and distrustful. Esther, you're not going to believe this, but you're already coming towards the end of this interview before we wrap things up for today. Uh, how, can, how can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you and also learn more about the wonderful work done at Wellville? They can go to www.wellville.net and we would welcome them. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Well, that just leads me to say for today, Esther Dyson, thank you very much for being a guest on this special episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you so much and enjoy your time in New Orleans. And I very much look forward to meeting you on Thursday. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.